Chapter 9. How to Diagnose the Case In dealing with a person, we must first find out where he stands. It is important to know whether he is interested or indifferent, whether he has doubts or difficulties that really trouble him, or whether he is justifying himself by his good works or the faults of others. If he has gone into an inquiry room or remained to meet afterward, it is perfectly proper to ask if he is a Christian. You can say, I hope you are a Christian, or something which will draw out an expression of opinion. If the person is a stranger, whom you have met outside of a religious meeting, you can enter into a conversation on some general topic and rapidly lead up to the subject of salvation. It is surprising how soon an opportunity will occur for the main question when one is prayerfully seeking to be led by the Spirit. While riding through the country with a pastor, the rider came to a house where the town's poor were kept. An old man came hobbling up from the barn and the following conversation occurred. Where are you going, my friend, when you move away from here? I don't know, I'm sure. I should suppose that you would go to the place they are preparing for you. What? he said with a look of surprise. I understand that they are building a fine home for you, and I should think you would want to move into it when you leave here. What do you mean? he asked with great eagerness. Well, said I, the good book says, In my father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you, for I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. John chapter 14 verses 2 through 3 If I were you, I would plan to move into my new home when I left this poor house. Oh, said he with a smile, you mean heaven. Certainly, I replied. Well, said he, I hope I shall go to heaven. Of course you do. But what reason have you for thinking you will go to heaven? I think good people are going that way. That is true, but they do not go to heaven unless they have a title to one of those homes. Have you secured your title? No, said he sadly, I have not. Would you like to secure it? Yes, of course I would. You can get it right here if you wish. I am authorized to issue those titles. I certainly would like to get one if you can tell me how. The Bible says, All of us like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. Isaiah chapter 53 verse 6 Does that apply to you, my friend? Yes, I have had my own way right along. The Bible also says, Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return to the Lord, and he will have compassion on him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Isaiah chapter 55 verse 7 Are you willing to repent of your sins and call upon God for mercy? Yes, sir, I am. Are you willing to give up your own way and henceforth walk in God's way? I am. Jesus says, Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. Revelation chapter 3 verse 20 You hear his voice. Are you willing to open the door of your heart and invite him to come in and take possession of your life? I am. Do you hear and now accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? I do, said he solemnly. Will you shake hands with me as a pledge of it? Yes, sir. And he did so most heartily. Very well, said I. Now let us tell the Lord just what you have told me. 
take off your hat. He did so, and I removed mine, and we had a few words of prayer. Then I gave him a little covenant to sign and keep as a reminder of what he had promised the Lord and what the Lord had promised him. The pastor had joined me by this time, and we drove away. It was a seed sown by the wayside, and all I could do was follow it with prayer. From that day, the old man managed to get down to church each Sunday, though it was several miles away, and he was quite lame. Soon he came before the church and asked for admission on his confession of faith, passing a good examination. Doubtless there are many who, like this man, are out of the kingdom not wholly on account of sin, but partly on account of ignorance. They do not know how to get in. They want to be saved, but no one has ever made the way of salvation plain to them, and then definitely asked them to accept Christ as their personal Savior. They are waiting for some Philip to cross their pathway and lead them to Jesus. Others, perhaps, have had an invitation and have refused it. They were not willing to accept Christ then, but now they are. Great changes have occurred. Their home has broken up, and their dear ones taken away. One after another, their earthly props have been removed until now, sad and lonely, their hearts are hungry for the comfort and fellowship which only Christ can give. They always needed a Savior, but they did not realize it. Now they realize it, but do not know how to find Him. Who will make the way of salvation plain to them and lead them to Jesus? On another occasion, I handed a small card to a man asking if he wanted something to read. On it he saw the word Christian, and at once he said with a sneer, Christian? Yes, I have neighbors who are Christians, and I have some who are not, and the latter are more neighborly and more honorable in business every time. That may be, I said, but remember that it is not their religion which makes your neighbors mean and dishonorable, but the lack of it, and it is not fair to blame Jesus Christ for what does not belong to him. Then I added, It may be that you do not feel the need of a Savior now, but the time will surely come when you will feel it. I guess I need him enough now. My wife died about a year ago, and then I lost my daughter. My home is broken up, and I haven't anything left to live for. The man's voice trembled, and the tears began to come. I saw that I had touched a tender cord, and I said, My friend, if anyone on this earth needs Jesus Christ, I think you were the man. Then I held up Christ as a comforter, and told him how willing Christ was to come into his sad heart to make it glad, and into his desolate home and make it bright with heavenly hopes. Then, taking it for granted that he did not know how to find Christ, I explained the way of salvation. Then I said, Now, my friend, with this understanding of what it is to become a Christian, are you willing to accept Christ as your Savior right here and now, and give me your hand on it? Yes, sir, I am, he replied, and he grasped my hand heartily. Then we removed our hats. I prayed, and he prayed, after which he gave me his name and told me all about himself. This was at a county fair in the middle of noise and confusion. Horses were racing, the carnival hawkers were shouting, and the merry-go-round was in full blast. Amid that noisy crowd, this man with a bared head confessed his sins to God and invited Jesus Christ into his heart. A great aid in opening a conversation with strangers is to have a variety of leaflets or gospel cards with you. 
you can hand one to someone saying, would you like something to read? If he does not express an opinion, you can give him another saying, this one is a little different, or here is one I think you will enjoy. By this means, you gradually become acquainted. Give him one which plainly presents the way of salvation, and ask him if he has accepted Christ as his Savior. One of the most common conditions we find is profound ignorance of what the Christian life is. One day, the writer gave a card to a lady sitting with him on the train. She seemed interested, and so he gave her another, and another. Then he asked if she was a Christian. She replied that she did not know. But you would know if you were asked whether you were American or French? Certainly. What is your idea of the Christian life? I suppose that if I tried as hard as I could to do right, I should be a Christian. Is that what the Bible teaches? I do not know. Would you like to know? I certainly would. He then gave her another tract entitled, Only Three Steps into the Christian Life. She was ready to take those three steps then and there, and went on her way rejoicing. Sitting in a hotel in Denver, I was reading a newspaper. By my side sat a young man talking with two others. Soon he uttered an oath. Taking out a little card entitled, Why Do You Swear?, I laid it down on the arm of the chair between us and went on reading. He picked it up and read it. As soon as his companions left, he said to me, My friend, that is the best thing on swearing I have ever seen. I know it is an awful habit, and I ought not to do it, but you see, I'm a newspaperman on the Chicago Interocean. I am thrown in with a rough crowd, and I cannot seem to overcome the habit. He then went on to tell me about himself, and we had a long heart-to-heart -heart talk. Remember. He began the conversation, and he did most of the talking. I simply laid down the little card and improved the opportunity when the way opened. The following incident shows the importance of making a correct diagnosis. I was asked to speak to a certain man in an inquiry meeting at Northfield. Before I could reach him, another worker talked with him, so I turned to others. Later, I saw the worker leaving him, and approaching him, I said, have you settled the great question? No, said the worker, turning back. This young man is going away unsaved because he will not give his heart to God. What is the trouble? I inquired, and sat down beside him. I soon surmised that it was not a case of stubborn unwillingness to yield to Christ, but rather a lack of confidence in his ability to make the surrender real. He was like a general who was willing to surrender, but who questioned his ability to make his soldiers lay down their arms. I told him that if he would surrender, Christ would enable him to make the surrender good. I then suggested that we kneel, and that he follow me sentence by sentence, while I led him in prayer. He said that he did not know whether he could honestly do it. Follow me as far as you can, and then stop, I replied. He consented to do that, and we knelt together. I led him in a commitment to Christ as strong and complete as I knew how to make it, going cautiously at first, but making it stronger as I saw his willingness to follow. When we arose, he told the first person he met that he had accepted Christ as his Savior. So far as I could judge, the first man who talked with him failed because he had made a false diagnosis of the case, mistaking the man's lack of confidence in himself for stubborn willfulness. When we have ascertained one's actual position, the next thing is to lead him to accept Christ. 
The main object is not to lead people to give up their bad habits, attend church, or even join the church, but rather to accept Christ as their personal Lord and Master. We should then show them from God's Word that they have forgiveness of sins and eternal life. Acts chapter 10, verse 43, John chapter 3, verse 36. They should also be instructed in the duties of the Christian life, especially the duty of confessing Christ publicly and the habit of daily prayer and Bible reading.